Welcome to the Hastings Harvest Podcast, where I interview some of the most inspiring young minds, creators, and educators around the world and try to harvest and dissect how they go about their craft. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Chris Moore. Chris is someone that I was introduced to on social media, and we share a lot of the same values and beliefs. He's been really helpful in terms of telling me how to grow my Instagram presence, and he's a very big social media dude. He is also a vegan bodybuilder, just like myself, with a physique that I would say is quite better than mine, and his Instagram is currently around 16,000 followers, and he showcases his life as well as fitness tips on his Instagram. Along with that, he also sells workout plans and meal plans just like myself. So if you want to check him out, if you enjoy my page on Instagram, you will love his. It is at more underscore underscore Chris. That is at M-O-O-R-E, two underscores, Chris, and that is on Instagram. Now, in this podcast, we dive into many different vegan fitness topics, including how his extreme anxiety was cured thanks to a vegan diet, why he works out twice a day, and why the protein myth and amino acid myth is total bullshit. In the second half of the podcast, we talk more about personal development and social media with stuff like his morning and nightly rituals, the four books that impacted his life the most, and how to build your social media presence through genuineness. To access all of the resources Chris and I mention in the podcast, you can head over to my website that is seasonedtofu.com forward slash podcast. That's seasonedtofu.com forward slash podcast. With that intro out of the way, I do hope you enjoy the first ever episode of the Hastings Harvest podcast. All right, Chris, welcome to the Hastings Harvest. Thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for having me, man. I'm really excited to, to uh, you know, talk with you. I'm really happy that you chose me to be your first guest. And of course, always glad to get to share a little bit of my story and experience with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe the last time we talked was on your podcast. So I'm excited to get into this. Now, why don't you just give some background as to what you currently do? I provided some information in the intro, but let's just hear your side of the story. I'm sure you have more to say about it. Um, Well, of course, everybody should know at this point, my name is Chris. I do um, primarily online work at this point and sharing, well, started off with just sharing, you know, a little bit about myself as far as my fitness and plant-based journey is concerned. Um, as you know, I'm pretty sure I had a little bit of like a transformation, I guess you could say, um, between, you know, before when I was not eating plant-based and now, um, and I've come from both sides of the spectrum, both really overweight and really thin. So, Um, I just have a lot of experience as far as, you know, uh, weight maintaining, you know, or I guess transforming is concerned. And then uh, something that a lot of people also don't know about me is that I'm also a nurse. Um, Again, not practicing currently, just focusing primarily with the online stuff at this point. Um, But that is another bit of, you know, experience that I have in my back pocket that is able to help me with a better understanding of the benefits of the plant-based diet. Right. And yes, Chris's transformation is crazy. I'm sure I'll link his social media in the show notes. 
and we'll have him plug it later in the episode. You guys have to check out his Instagram. So I want to start off with talking about veganism and fitness, your fitness journey, and then we'll get more into your, the business side of it, entrepreneurship and some personal development type stuff. So what was the moment that you decided to go vegan? Was it a gradual transition for you or did was there just one cataclysmic moment where you were just like, I need to do this? Um, something that I didn't mention, I guess, before was a big reason that um, I decided that I wanted to help people is because um, and the reason why I decided to go vegan was because I was having a ton of anxiety problems. Um, as well as a lot of stomach issues. And um, within, you know, the first couple of weeks of going vegan, I was vegetarian for a month and then decided to go vegan after that. Um, within the first couple of weeks of going vegan, all of my uh, anxiety issues had pretty much dissipated. Whereas, you know, comparatively speaking, before I was having, you know, daily anxiety attacks that were really disrupting my entire life. I had got at that point gone to the doctor and they wanted to give me medications. Um, and I just didn't really want to do that. So I decided to try and figure something different and a lot of different types of research, both, um, you know, whichever way you want to look at it from just a scientific standpoint, there was a lot of research that was showing that, um, the plant-based diet was really good at fixing anxiety issues. And then also from more of like, let's say a spiritual standpoint, but just, I don't know, just a lot of things pointed in the direction of, you know, this is, there's a lot of negative energy associated in the, the foods that you're consuming and maybe that might help things out. So it was just kind of two-sided for me. Yeah, I completely agree with, you know, the spiritual type stuff. I think you are what you eat is such an obviously true term that people don't take seriously. And it's something that I've definitely experienced as well when I went vegan, just putting all these good foods into my body has really transformed my mood. So I completely it, agree with you there. It, Were you about to say not, something? Yeah, I was going to say it may not even just be the spiritual thing, but just obviously whenever, you know, you have more respect and, and you're more cognizant of what you're consuming. Um, not only the fuel that you're putting in your body is obviously going to make you feel better, but you're going to feel, you're going to feel better about yourself because you know that you're treating yourself right. And, and so I think that that, you know, obviously plays a large role in, in the mood and the, the overall well-being and feeling that you get from the plant-based diet as well. Absolutely. So what was your body and mind's initial reaction to going vegan and how does it compare to how it makes you feel now? Is there any difference from when you first started to right now? Um, I think I would say personally for me, obviously it was, I don't want to use like the word before. It could sound like I was on a high, but I had resolved such serious health issues that just my overall sense of well-being in, in the initial stages, like, like mentally, you know, and just like yeah. my, my my attitude, my energy levels, everything were just completely 180 from where they were, at, you know, prior to going vegan. I was dealing with so many stomach problems that were causing me a lot of physical pain, um, which were also which was disrupting my sleep. So I was just constantly exhausted. And because I was constantly exhausted 
you know, I'm, I was mentally miserable. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of snowball effect going on in that department, whereas just after all of those things were resolved, you can imagine it be like, like, I think the best way to describe it is like euphoria, you know, like, holy crap, what I feel so much better. Um, you know, now I obviously, you know, not riding that high anymore because I, you know, after a while that just becomes a part of your past. Those, those physical ailments that you no longer are dealing with. I'm still grateful every day and, um, for not having to deal with that stuff anymore. Um, but I would still say the difference is that like now I work out a ton and again, in comparison to a lot of people, um, and as far as being fatigued constantly or anything like that, I think that my pl- the plant-based diet gives me the edge um, to do way more than, you know, my meat-eater counterparts, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a vicious cycle where you were you had the anxiety and the reason you had the anxiety was because you weren't sleeping and then the anxiety made you sleep worse. And yeah, yeah. I guess the... Uh, the diet also helped with your sleep, you said, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, just from the from the standpoint of the stomach problems that I was having, basically it was causing me to wake up um, like every morning at, say, four, around four. It was about four o'clock in the morning every single day. I was waking up and I was just in excruciating pain, like um, just it, just really, really bad stomach pains, like. It, it was no, not like really any other symptoms, just intense, intense pain that I was dealing with on a daily basis. And then the desire to not want to take those medications was very strong for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably would have uh, done the same if I was in your position. I'm not one to really like to take medications for things, although it is definitely necessary for some some types of things. Um so I guess let's talk about more about your fitness routine. So what is your current macro setup? Um, basically, at this point, I just finished up. I say I just finished a bulk. I'm, I've been slowly transitioning from bulking to, to maintaining slash cutting. Um, but I was... Long story short, I had just moved to Long Beach, which is in Los Angeles County. And if you've been vegan for a while, you know that this area is um, a really hot spot for um, just a lot of amazing vegan food. Um, so mm-hmm. I took advantage of that and I bulked really hard. <laughs> um, and I i mean, I was working out a ton. I was working out like twice a day, every single day, lifting like two full lifting sessions um, and I put on a, a, a lot of size. I was about 175 before and I bulked almost to 200 pounds, um, right. Maybe like 198, 199. Um, mm-hmm. now that I'm ready to start leaning back out again, um, I'd say I've probably been cutting main, like I say, ma- maintaining cutting. I'm riding like right along eating about maintenance for me right now, which is, I would say 2,800 calories a day. Um, but just, I'm back to lifting twice a day again. I took about a month and a half off from that. And then also doing about 30 minutes of cardio a day. I'm, I don't necessarily think that it's necessary for people to 
lift or exercise at the level that I do. Um, I just have a lot of time on my hands and am trying mm-hmm. to maintain, for my size, a naturally large amount of weight, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's an insane amount of volume that you're doing each day and cardio on top of that. Wow. That's, that's nuts, but it'll definitely help you reach your goals quicker. And if you find that it works for you, then keep doing it. So do you track the fat intake, the carbs, the protein as well? I do. Um, whenever, whenever I was bulking, I would just spot check myself throughout the week just to see. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't too concerned with it as long as I was still gaining weight. But now that I'm trying to, you know, maintain, really, when I say maintain or cut, really my goal is just like the dream, you know, not lose any weight, but just burn fat off, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that I'm doing that, I, I pay a lot closer attention to what I take in every day. I, I use my fitness pal. Um, I feel like that's the easiest way if you if you really are serious about your goals to do it quickly, you know, as, as far as efficiency is concerned. And I'm not saying that again, like it just depends on what, how, how stringent your goals are. If you're just trying to gain weight, or you just want to lean out a little bit, then, you know, no, I don't think that you have to track, but um, you know, I was prepping for a competition before and uh, I just like the regimented feel of everything. And so, yeah, I mm-hmm. use my fitness pal every day. Um, I try and stay below like 45 grams of fat a day, um, which comes out to about 10 to 15% somewhere in that area. Um, I eat about 150 to 160 grams of protein a day, which I believe is about 20% protein. And then the rest of it is carbs. I can, um, which is, what was that? 20 or 15, 20, 35. So yeah, about 65% carbs a day, which usually comes out to pretty close to 500 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. That's around what I eat as well. Very nice. Okay. And also for anyone listening, I definitely recommend you use my fitness pal like Chris does. If you are struggling to gain or lose weight, if it's not going easy for you, you should definitely start tracking very meticulously because there's something that you're doing wrong and my fitness pal is the best way to see what's going on and see what you're doing wrong. I yeah, mean, I get that question like a lot as on, um, you know, through my Instagram page, I get people that ask me all the time, like, Oh, it's actually more people that can't gain weight than lose weight. They'll say, um, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm just struggling to put on size and I feel like I'm eating constantly. Um, and then I get a lot, some people that will say, you know, I'm, I want to lose weight desperately. Um, and I'm eating this many calories a day and I'm like, okay, well, how are you tracking? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not using anything to like record. I'm like, okay, well, are you weighing your foods? And I would say at least 90% of the time the answer is no. So mm-hmm. you have to, if, if you're serious about your goals and you're not getting the progress, like you said, that you're seeing then the first place that you've got to look at is your intake, you know, and see and be honest with yourself about how much you're really getting. Cause it's just so easy to overestimate or underestimate even on foods, especially if it's, if you're new to it, 
you know, I've been doing it for years, tracking my food. So I have a better idea on how to eyeball something. But if this is your first month, you might as well just get a food scale, get my fitness pal, and just get used to doing it now. That's my opinion. I completely agree. I tell people all the time, the reason I don't track macros is because I'm so used to eating all the same foods. I know I've measured them before and I can guess what the calories are like. So I know what to eat. And uh, if you are not experienced in it, you've got to be doing everything that Chris said for sure. So now let's get into your workout routine. What is your current workout routine? What What is the split that you do if you do a split? Yeah, I do just push pull legs. Um, and my, my push in my days will vary. It's not necessarily that every single push day I go in and do the exact same um, routine. But for the most part, it's relatively the same. The one that I think changes more often is the push day just because, um, say I do push pull legs twice a week. The first push day would be more chest centric and maybe just a set of dumbbell flies. And then, you know, my second push day will be more, um, more shoulder centric and maybe just like a set of incline bench press in there, just so that way they're still getting that, um, you know, the, a little bit of volume in there. And then if I go back in the afternoons and, and work out again, which like as of right now, I've been doing for a little bit again, um, I'll, I won't now do a full routine in the afternoon. I'll just pick, say, two or three exercises from the morning and um, just put, I would say, like 50% of my max on the bar, not, not heavy at all, and then just do, you know, four sets of 12 to 15 on each exercise, really light go through the full range of motion, you know, um, and just, just basically to get more volume in my overall goal is hypertrophy. So I'm just looking for the most, the most volume I can get in without getting injured. Good. Yeah. I like that a lot, how you go back, kind of do the same exercises, but instead focus on the range of motion. I think a lot of people neglect their form and just ego lift and they're not seeing results because of it. I really suggest that everybody listening looks up YouTube tutorials of different exercises, the exercises you want to do. If you're not totally sure you're doing them right, the form videos on YouTube can really help a lot with that. I know that I've basically learned how to do every exercise I know how to do from YouTube. So definitely suggest uh, looking up the form before you go and do a specific exercise. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what your goals are. I mean, if you're looking for hypertrophy because your main goal is that you want to look good and big, you know, you want that full range of motion so that the muscle will be fully developed. And if your goal is strength, um, again, the full range of motion is going to prevent you from, or being able to perform a full range of motion is going to prevent you from, plateauing a lot sooner because if you if you're lifting improperly eventually that's that's going to catch up to you you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to compensate by you know recruiting other muscle groups into your into your lift through you know say if you're benching two plates eventually you're going to hit a certain number that's going to be like okay now i've got to drop it back down and actually refocus on lifting the proper way or else you're just going to stick there forever 
So no matter what your goals, it's good. Right. So what is your favorite vegan dish? I'm interested to know. So, man, that's really tough. Because to be honest, if if I had to pick like just a general group, I'm so I don't want to say boring because I use a lot of seasonings, but I really just like a big veggie bowl. Like it's it's so simple, but it's got to be my one of my favorite things. And just like beans and lentils, sweet potatoes. Um, maybe if I if I'm you know a little short on protein, maybe some seitan or or um, TVP, something like that to add a little protein into it. Um, and then seasoning with whatever you like. But that's honestly like I would say I eat that every single day just about because I love it so much. Now, if I had to pick my favorite junk food, I'm sure. Uh, like vegan junk food is donuts all day long, man. And I think everybody who knows me knows that. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that for the junk food. <laughs> yeah, but man, I'm a donut. I, yeah, I agree slightly with the whole bowl thing. Like you can just throw anything and call it a throw any type of plants in and call it a Buddha bowl, and it's usually just amazing. I'm a really big fan of burritos myself, so. Yeah. I mean, as long if you take out the wrap, then it's essentially a Buddha bowl, you know? So, yeah, definitely just a bunch of different mix of veggies in a bowl is just so good with some type of sauce. So, now I'd like to know, since we know your favorite vegan dish, what is your favorite vegan restaurant near you? Oh, there's a couple of spots right here by me, but... um I would say my well, man, my favorite place up until more recently was um, was a place that was called Takaya, and they just have vegan options. But any any vegan Mexican food is going to be my go-to. Um, they have another place up the road that does like big uh, oh, it's called Cena Cena Vegan. They actually are at um, most of the festivals around here, um, but they do huge burritos, like bigger than the Chipotle burritos. Um, and they make their own uh, mock meats and everything. And man, it is so good. Um, Gracias Madre, that's another vegan spot around here. Uh, vegan mesh, vegan Mexican restaurant. And again, it's killer. And then, oh, you know, another favorite food is just uh, smoothie bowls, man, like acai bowls. And they have a place here called Blue Bowl that is just dude, phenomenal. Yeah, I'll definitely have to visit some of those places. I also think smoothie bowls are awesome. I don't think I've ever had a smoothie bowl from anywhere. Like I've I've always just made it myself. So it would definitely be nice to get a new perspective on it. But in terms of Mexican food, I absolutely agree. Mexican food's probably my favorite as well. It's just so vegan friendly and I just love all the foods that come with it. So and yeah. it's so flavorful. Is you're not you're not like no matter what it is that you're eating that's Mexican usually has just just so much such a ton of flavor. Same thing with like Indian foods, Thai foods, things that you know that rely heavily on a lot of fragrant spices. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that is killer to me. Completely agree. So, what do you wish you would have known when starting veganism? What could have helped you first starting out? Um, 
I, I wish I would have paid closer attention in the beginning to the amount of fat that I was taking in, to be completely honest. Um, I went, I switched to no, I like, I cook with no oil or anything like that. And I had done the same thing when I initially switched, but I was just consuming, you know, it's hard to get your calories when you don't know what to eat. So you're automatically looking for dense caloric sources. Um, and I was eating, I wasn't eating completely raw when I switched over to vegan, but I was eating, I would say about 80% raw foods um initially as well and then just getting my proteins from more like the like tempeh and uh tofu maybe some tbp seitan stuff like that but it was that was mainly where my cook stuff was coming from um so needless to say i was eating just a lot of like nut butter seeds nuts uh you know stuff like that that was causing me to take in like a considerably larger amount of fat than I eat right now. Um, and the only reason, again, I wish I had known that sooner was just because it opened my diet up to being able to eat so many more carbs. So then I was able to eat such larger meals and feel much more satiated throughout the day, I would say. So was your reason for wishing you didn't eat as much fat because of the whole carb thing you wanted to feel more satiated through smaller calories or is it because you think consuming too much fat has bad health consequences? Um, I mean, consuming too much fat does have poor health consequences, but I would say that the, the types of fats that we're taking in are probably a little bit more important, but overall the way that I feel whenever I eat a low fat diet versus the way that I would, Plus, again, the satiety of the situation. Um, I just feel like, you know, it's really easy to eat. I mean, if you're eating 25%, 30% fat in a day, which is really easy to do when you're not tracking, um, you know, that's a, a large, what is it, nine gra- nine calories per gram of fat. Um, and there's Something like four that. Calories. Yeah, and there's four calories uh, per gram of protein and per gram of carbs. So, Basically, you can eat twice as many grams of carbs as you can or twice as many grams of fat, I mean, of protein um, for every gram of carb or, jeez, I got that tongue tied. For every gram of fat that you cut out, you can eat two grams of the others. Um, so you can just imagine the, the higher volume, basically, that you're able to take in, um, which is something that I really like. You know, I, was, I used to be really overweight and old habits die hard. Um, so I always like to eat really big meals and that's why I was big before. Um, and so now that that's my way of, of being able to, to stay in my, you know, my caloric needs without overdoing it. Yeah. I I think the unanimous decision in the vegan community is that low fat, high carb will make you feel the best. And I would say, I agree. Although sometimes I do eat more fat than I should and it's, it's still okay some days, but you should definitely aim for a higher carb like Chris and I eat if you are vegan. All right. So what, what are some of the common myths about a vegan diet that you hear all the time and can you debunk them for us? Um, I, obviously, I think the one that most guys that are in fitness hear is that 
you know, you're not going to be able to get enough protein or um, you're not going to be able to gain size. And lastly, more recently, I've been hearing a lot of that. Oh, well, you can't get all your complete amino, you know, you can't get all your amino acids on a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. I've never had, I've never tracked my aminos. I've put my food into, to, um, what is not my fitness pal, but the other, there's another tracking program and I can't believe I'm going to blank out on it right now. Um, but basically this other one gives you all of your, can even give you a breakdown of your aminos and you're, it's not necessarily that you hit a hundred percent of all your aminos every single day, but moreover a long term and over tracking. I've never seen that I've had any issues hitting my, my aminos as far as protein is concerned, the general consensus used to be like, you know, you need a gram to two grams of, of, of protein per, per pound of body weight. Uh, and now the, the science, even though it's been around, people are finally starting to realize that really what you need is about 0.8 grams per lean pound of body mass, um, which is a big difference. It comes out to like, that's like less than half the amount of protein that most people were, were shooting for. Whereas, so I used to lift when I was in high school and I would say that I was trying to eat like 225 grams of protein a day, where now I shoot for about 150, 160. And that's to maintain 190 pounds. Whereas before I was 235 pounds and I was way overweight, not muscular and trying to, you know, lose weight. So you can see the difference in the, 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 the goals or the outcome as to what was going on. Um, I, there's a lot of science that supports 0.8 grams of, of protein and plenty of guys subsist on a lot less than that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I actually usually only eat like 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound of my body weight. Um, and I, I don't notice any difference in the efficiency of gaining muscle or how much muscle I've gained. I think it's exactly the same as it was when I was a meathead and trying to get one to two grams per pound. I think, again, that's still just such a big myth. And in terms of what you said about amino acids, I've never tracked them either, but I believe the app you were talking about or trying to talk about was chronometer right? Yes. yes. And that, that is an app that allows you to track your amino acids. But again, if you're just eating a wide variety of vegetables of these legumes, seeds, nuts, whole grains, you're going to hit all your amino acid targets pretty much every single day. So it's not really something to worry about. That's something I've been hearing a lot as well on my page. So I'm glad you cleared that up. What? So obviously another another big one that you hear is that it's it's difficult to get the protein, even if they're not worried about necessarily the amount of protein. Um, I get a lot of messages from guys that are like, it's like a combination. It's hard, guys and girls. You know, it's hard to get the amount of protein that I need without going way over on my carbs. Um, and I. I know that I have uh, some faux meats and things at my hands that maybe other people don't, but I use those for the sake of convenience. I don't use all that stuff on a daily basis. 
Um, I think that if you plan your stuff out ahead of time, if you're, if you really feel like you need to track your protein, um, which I, again, I don't think it's necessarily a hundred percent necessary for people who aren't, you know, shooting for like professional level goals. Um, but if you're having a scoop of protein a day and then you're just making sure that you hit your calories, I would be, I would be willing to put my money on that nearly every day you're getting more than a sufficient amount of protein without needing to track it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, especially like you said, if you're not even trying to bodybuild or be an athlete, you're like you could eat not even or super healthy and you'd still get the recommended amount of protein in for the regular for a regular person. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, I want to go on to talking about more so personal development stuff, business type stuff, how you've succeeded on social media because you are around 16,000 followers, I believe right now, which is very impressive. Thank first, you. first, let's uh, let's start off with maybe if you have any rituals, do you have any morning or nighttime rituals? I mean, I, everything for me as silly as it sounds revolves around my gym life to be completely honest and just because that's where my that's where my journey or my my passion comes from so usually if i'm on point with everything i would say that um since my, all my social media started with instagram i'll usually try and have my posts ready the night before whenever i go to bed that way i wake up in the morning um, I am able to just throw some, throw my post up on Instagram. Not that I haven't thought it out. It was just thought out the day before. Um, and then get my butt out the door and go to the gym, go work out for about an hour and a half. And then, um, you know, again, with everything revolving around the gym, eating well, making sure all that's taken care of. So that way I have the energy to do what I need to do for work. Um, most of my, I would say the majority of, my, you know, work revolves around tra- not training clients, but coaching services, meal planning and things like that. Um, so just I don't have any set days or a set schedule for anything um, just because that's the way that I like to. That's how I like my life to be structured. It's just kind of how whenever I have clients, new, new clients that come up, I just make sure to knock it out as soon as it comes up. That way it's not something that you know, can sit for, sit for days and then wait for, you know, to the last minute and feel rushed about anything. I like to give everybody the attention that they deserve. Um, but that's really it. I mean, as far as, you know, building your, your online platform, it's just about consistency. So just making sure that you're doing something every single day. Right. Completely agree with consistency. What are, the three to five, or maybe you don't, you can't even think of three to five, but what are the three to five books that have impacted your life the most? Well, the first, the first one I would say would be the book that really helped me go vegan, which was eating animals. Um, I can't tell you the guy's name off the top of my head. I'm, um, I'm trying to pull it up as we speak, but he, the book basically just broke things down in a very 
numbers way, which is something that always speaks to me is numbers. Um, and it was just a lot of health information, a lot of um, environmental information. Um, and that, that book really, really made me think about things in a different light. Um, so that would be the first one. Um, let's see what, what else? I know oh, you, this guy's Jonathan Ford. I just read so many books. Um, own the day. Um, uh, that was one by Aubrey Marcus that really helped me, um, really helped me focus on getting to like, not necessarily, it's kind of like the routines that you were talking about, but just planning things out the right way. So that way a day goes the way that you want it to. Um, another really, really, really influential book for me, I've probably bought this for almost every single person is, um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Mm -hmm. Um, great book. That really helped me with, yeah, that one helped me a lot with my, like, more with my personal life than, I mean, it, it, it bleeds over into business and, and business relationships. Um, but just more as far as like my, my personal outlook on, on life and overall, like the, 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 the positivity versus negativity, um, that probably was, uh, one of the most hugely influential books. And then, um, Lastly, I would say The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've ever read that one. Before. I've heard of it. Let's see. That. I'm trying to think of the guy's name who, who wrote that one. But um, The Four Agreements is by Don Miguel Ruiz. And, um, yeah, that one's a really a really good one. It's kind of told in, in, in like, a, a fiction kind of if I remember correctly, it's almost written like fiction, but it has a, a large storyline behind it with a lot of like a lot of insight as far as life is concerned. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things that I've pulled from that book over time. Um, the biggest thing for me that I got from it was not taking things personally. Um, and, and basically, I think that the sentence in the book is don't take anything personally and, and to develop that that thought a little bit more basically meaning like no matter what somebody's behavior or action towards you is it's really just a projection of their own interpretation of the situation so no matter what it's not necessarily i mean yes of course your behaviors affect others but if you're doing your best and you're not getting or you are getting a certain type of response it's not necessarily because of it's almost never because of you but because of how the other person sees things. So that's helped take a lot of, of stress out of my life, I guess. I love that. And I think, I think we can all improve on something like that. Realizing that if someone's angry towards you, insulting you, it's really just a reflection of how they feel about themselves. And that book by Aubrey Marcus, I've never heard before, but I know who Aubrey Marcus is. I believe he founded on it on it if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah That's right. he, so he's he's a great guy I've, I've listened to a podcast with him and tim ferris before seems like a really cool guy so i definitely might have to check that one out for sure now let's let's start talking about uh your social media so what do you wish 
you would have known when starting out? What could have saved you a lot of trouble when you first started out? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was knowing that I needed to, you know, you know, you need to post content, obviously, but the consistency of posting content Mm -hmm. and, and, and not treating, I mean, obviously social media is social and you have to talk with people and you have to respond to comments and messages and not that you have to do it if you want to, if not, then don't do social media. But I mean, if you want to be active in the social media community, you want to be successful in social media, as far as business is concerned, you have to actually be social. Um, you know, a lot of people think they're just going to post a picture and then it's going to go somewhere. Obviously you have to have quality content. Um, that was another thing, you know, where before I might just take a picture of anything. Um, being really genuine, I think that, I mean, these are all things that I do, you know, currently do, just because I don't just look at my, I mean, obviously I continue and I do things on my social media on a daily basis because it's my livelihood as well. Um, but once I started treating it more like, a personal, not necessarily a diary. It's not like I tell Instagram everything, but you know, when I, when I started to treat things more genuinely, I saw more of an organic growth because people were actually, you know, able to relate to what I had going on in my life. Um, and I was able to help them. So yeah, I, th- I think those are really important things. Genuine, Definitely. Being genuine, being, being genuine, being consistent and sticking to your word with whatever you're telling people that you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to reemphasize what you said about being social because it is social media. I think at first I also didn't engage as much with my audience. And that is just one of the most important things to do. Like you said, you can't just post a picture and just go away, just keep posting pictures. If you're not interacting with the people who want to see your content, you're not going to build a valuable audience. It's going to be a very superficial relationship that you have with your audience and they're not going to want to stick around very long. So completely agree with that. It's such a a weird thing to say, but um, for me, like I noticed the most growth was whenever I started to behave like an, an influencer. And I don't ever really like to use that term just for yeah, a couple of reasons like i i'm ha- i'm totally happy and and blessed to have you know 16,000 people that are interested in my in my journey my story that support me and, and i'm grateful for everybody that does with that being said there's people that out that are out there with you know 16 million followers um so you know the term influencer is such a relatively loose term nowadays um I don't like to use it. With that being said, I started to behave more like an influencer and treat my page more like I, more like it wasn't like something that I used to keep up with my high school friends and more of something that I knew was a valuable tool that would allow me to connect to way more people than I had ever had an opportunity to connect with in any other fashion and to not, you know, to not squander that opportunity basically. Um, and, and so if people message me, I make sure that I message them back with a genuine response. If people, if people are taking their time out to as little as it is, if people are taking their time out to send me thoughtful 
comments and messages, remarks, positivity, all that stuff, then I need to be just as thoughtful and considerate in, in my responses to them. So, um, you know, I think that that really made the difference where, like you said before, you know, it was like, okay, post this online. You don't, you're not really worried too much about the response. Now I'm, it's not that I care about how many likes or comments I get because it's fulfillment, but I care because I want to show, you know, grateful, be grateful to the people that are taking their time out to, you know, to connect with my journey. So I look forward to seeing the responses that I get from people and messages and things like that. Yeah, me too. It, it really has brought a lot of happiness into my life interacting even with people online. It just, it's great to meet so many people through this tool. So definitely agree with that. Are there any resources you suggest the listeners check out if they're maybe trying to start an Instagram page or just trying to start doing what me and you do? I mean, YouTube your, is, is your best friend. I think there's a lot of, uh, unfortunately, because there's so many people that want to work online. I mean, it's not unfortunate. It's the way of, it's the way things are headed because of automation and things like that, where we have to create value outside of, um, you know, production of items. We have to be able to add value into each other's lives and others in other ways. So I think that as time goes by, you're going to see more and more and more influencers just because there's so many niche, you know, categories for people to be influential and to give insight. And so I think that's great. But with that being said, YouTube is kind of saturated with a lot of, with a lot of misinformation. It's only as far as, you know, social media is concerned. Um, there's a bunch of the big guys, you know, um, I think just finding the motivation to, to stick to it is the biggest thing. It's not, I don't think it's rocket science. I think there's just a, a handful of rules that you follow as far as not necessarily any format or anything for your type of posting, just about being genuine, being consistent and, um, being patient and, you know, anybody can grow their following just by following those those couple of rules. I really feel like obviously some people grow faster than others because either their story is more, you know, whatever, you know, has more of a draw to it or these people have the right connections. Um, I wouldn't fall into the trap of spending too much money on anything until you have an established reason to do so. Um, you don't have to have the best laptop. You don't have to have the best camera. You don't have to have the best of anything. You know, I have never bought it. I, I've been doing it for a year and a half, and I still just use my iPhone to take pictures. Um, I have a $20 microphone for my podcast, and I record any YouTube or anything that I do. I record that on my phone as well. So, again, I don't think spending money is the key to it either. It's just being genuine. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many people that are like, I just don't have the money to start X, or I don't. I don't have the resources to start this, but really you can even start YouTube with just your phone. Like the phone, the camera quality on iPhones now is so good that you can just start it with literally just your phone. You don't need fancy equipment that can come later on in the line. But the important thing is that you just start keep being consistent and patience. Like you said, patience is so 
important. It's not going to be an overnight success. Those That doesn't really exist. So you do have to be patient. Eventually, your time will come. All, sometimes all it takes is just that one post or that one video. Uh, yeah, you know, I was before we started recording the podcast, I was watching um, like a little Gary V IGTV video. And uh, if you don't, if anybody listening doesn't know Gary V, just go check out his Instagram if you want to get like really, really motivated. Um, I like him, I like Tom Bilyeu. Um, obviously Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, all these guys are, are very motivational and not just in like the low, you can do it, but like with a lot of, you know, um, a lot of advice that is pertinent to what, you know, if you're trying to build an online business, um, it's a really, those are really good resources. Um, but the Gary V video, basically a girl asks him, you know, what's the key to creating, uh, consistent viral content? And, uh, you know, he was like, viral, going viral is the dream, but, you know, because it's just like winning the lottery. Like, nobody wants to put in the work. They just want to have the followers. They want to have that response. Um, so, you know, the patience and not necessarily worrying about having a million followers in, in, a, in six months, you know, and going viral and just paying attention to how consistent the, the content that you deliver to people. Um, I think that's, you know, obviously your growth is going to be slower, but it's going to be organic and it's going to be much more meaningful. And the people who are following you are still going to be paying attention to you in three months, six months, a year, you know, et cetera, where if you go viral, those people are paying attention to you because it's what's cool today. And in two days, it's your, your, your old news again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think not trying to just create viral content and trying to create value for people is really the most important thing you can do to build an audience that cares in the next day, just like you said. So apart from being genuine, being consistent, being patient, what are some really detailed tactics that you found have driven the most amount of followers and engagement to you on Instagram? Just collaborate, 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 collaborate. You have to, you have to work with people in, in the community that whatever your particular community for me, the plant-based community, fitness community, um, you have to be with those people for people to, to stay interested. Obviously there's some niches that will be okay for you to be completely isolated, but um, the only way that you're ever going to reach larger numbers of people is by reaching outside of your current scope. So if you're constantly only blasting information to the people who already follow you, uh, eventually they're just people, people don't pay as much. The retention rate is not that high. I mean, it's 2019, right? And people's attention span is super, super short. Mine included. Not, I'm not picking on anybody. That's just the way that we've trained our brains with the massive amount of information that we have in our hands constantly mm-hmm. um, is to disregard it very quickly. Um, so you've got to, you've got to, you've got to put your information out there to groups that are outside of your your normal, you know, reach. Um, and, and the best way to do that is to collaborate with others. So that way 
um, they can share your message with other people and you can help them out as well. And again, I keep saying be genuine just because I think it's one. Obviously, there's some outliers that don't care and they've still made it big. But um, I think the the biggest names in in social media are there because they really do care about what they do and they put thought into what you know what they're trying to make happen. Um, their collaborations they don't just collaborate because it's a good business move. They collaborate because they for the most part, they, they mesh with the person that they're trying to collaborate with. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, though, is, is really, really getting out there and, and working with the community, whatever your, your niche is. Yeah, collabs are huge. And I think a lot of people listening will be pretty surprised as to just how many big influencers, big con- content creators actually reply back and are okay with collabing. Even if it's just something as little as shout out for shout out on your Instagram story, it can have a really huge impact on getting a new following. There was actually this one account that had like 130,000 followers. She's Her name's so underscore plant-based. She must have found my account randomly on the explore page. And mm-hmm. she, I, without e- me even asking, she posted me on her story. And I got hundreds of followers just from her posting me on her story. And it was just, it's incredible. So definitely just make sure you're being seen and do those collabs like... Chris said. Now I'd like to finish off by maybe asking some pretty specific personal questions, just some something to get your your brain moving a little bit more. So what is something that you think is true that nobody else agrees with you on? Oh, that's tough. Something that I think is true that nobody else agrees on. Or maybe just a small amount of people agree with you. Well, I'm always into crazy conspiracy theories, but I think more people are starting to agree with me about um, the benefits of um, CBD and marijuana overall. I I don't think that that's too taboo anymore, but I feel like my whole life it's been an uphill battle, especially as a nurse, um, trying to convince other people that there's a lot of real benefit to to both – you know, the psychoactive and non-psychoactive forms of cannabis. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm a pretty big cannabis advocate as well, hoping it becomes legal soon in New York State. So, Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how easy, how easily accessible it is. And yet still so, so illegal. Yeah, that's, um, but that's even very if, true. Even if you're not trying to use the psychoactive versions of things, um, CBD, I, I still have, I still hear, because I I work with a company personally, and um, and I still hear all the time that people don't believe in this stuff, and I'm like, you can just try it yourself, like, just try it, and you'll, and you'll definitely notice a difference, if not just for the anti-inflammatory benefits, most people feel improved sleep and, and improved mood. Um, less agitation, all that stuff. So uh, the medicine speaks for itself. It just still has such a taboo that surrounds it. It's crazy. Yeah, I've I know from personal experience that CBD definitely 
can help with all of that. So I definitely agree with you on that. When when you think of the word successful, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Hmm. I stole this one from Tim Ferriss. You know, I don't think of necessarily one specific person. I just can think of my definition of success is probably a lot different than most people because mine doesn't doesn't revolve around money or anything like that. It's just being content and being able to, to have the freedom of doing what you're doing. I really, the guys that I follow are the people that I feel like are successful. So, I mean, outside of our niche, the people that we've already been talking about, in fact, Tim Ferriss being one of them, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, Gary Vee, um, these guys to me epitomize, like, I mean, they kind of work a little, just being honest, they work a little bit harder than, uh, than like my goal for like my entire life. Um, and I don't necessarily want to attain as much financial wealth as these guys have, or I don't desire it. I'm not saying that I would be opposed to it. It's just not my end goal. Right. Um, but, but to have the freedom to do whatever I want to do, it's like, um, basically, uh, Joe Rogan talks about it a lot is like the, the, the weight lifted off your shoulders when you reach a point where you don't have to worry about your bills anymore. Like not that you're not that you don't have to pay them. Obviously, you still have to pay your bills. But that point when you don't have to think about it a- a- anymore, and that you can do what you want to do without having to go, man, I gotta really make sure that. Obviously, again, you should have some sort of budget. And I'm not saying to go and blow all your money on garbage. But if there's things that you want to do in life that you genuinely want to do without ever needing to, to have that 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 thought process of, okay, well, can I afford to do this? No, I want to go on this trip. Okay. I can go on this trip. I want to buy, you know, something for someone in my family. Then I can just do this for them without having to, you know, really question it and wonder how is it going to impact your next, your next month's finances. That to me is success and being able to travel. And it's so important to me. I, think me and you have pretty much the same exact definition there. So definitely agree with that. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Um, to teleport. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, travel is is so important to me. If I could teleport and always be able to bring someone with me, that would be, that would be ideal. I would, uh-huh. I would just be able to go wherever I want and whenever I want. I used to think that I would want to read people's minds, but I think that that would just create such a – that would be so stressful. Yeah, that's sounds... constantly you know, Others thinking, no thanks, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'd go crazy. Um, but yeah, teleporting would be great. That would That would alleviate many of my problems with trying to travel. So that's a good one. I think I'm going to end it off here. Uh, We're just around the hour mark. And if you have any closing remarks, uh, feel free to tell them right now. You can also plug yourself, the social media that you have, even though it'll be in the show notes and it'll be in other places as well. So just give your final remarks and we'll just sign off here. Um, you know, I'll just do a little bit of 
I'm sure most people that are going to be listening are already plant-based, but I'm sure you also have some followers that aren't. And uh, just for anybody who's thinking about going plant-based or maybe you've already gone plant-based and you're struggling with it a little bit, just give it time um, and just choose, take a month. Just tell yourself that you can do it for one month. Um, and that really goes for anything, any type of habit that you're trying to form. Um, just say, you know, 30 days, what's, what's the big deal? If I, if I don't like it at the end of 30 days, you can always go back. But I guarantee you most of the time after your 30 days is up, you're going to, you're going to realize that whatever it was that you're after wasn't that difficult. Um, and it's become so much of a normalcy that, you, you know, you'll probably stick to it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing for people. And, and as far as my social media is concerned, the easiest way for to find me and to find anything else that I do is through my Instagram. So if you just look me up on Instagram, it's at M-O-O-R-E underscore underscore C-H-R-I-S. It's just my name at more underscore underscore Chris. And um, from there, you know, you can hit the link in my bio. It'll bring you to the podcast, YouTube channel, and uh, show you any of the other things that I've got going on. Yep. Yeah, highly recommend you guys check him out. He's got a lot of the same content as me, and he's he's doing a lot of big things as well. So, Chris, thank you for being my first guest. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Really appreciate it. I think that that went well. So, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I really do appreciate it. And uh, for you thinking of me as uh, as your first guest, I really do. I, I genuinely do appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I'll tell anybody that wants to know a little bit more about you since they're already listening to you. Um, if you're just listening to this episode and you want to hear more of us talking, they can always obviously go check out um, your and my interview on my podcast and get uh, get a little more information about the two of us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely go check out when Chris interviewed me. All right, man. I will, I will sign right. off now. Take care. <laughs>